thank you. Thank you to my beautiful wife and my uh, perfect son. I don't know how I got so blessed. Welcome to the show. The table looks a little crooked in that shot, huh? That's okay, though, because we're going to... I think it's fine. What's so up. cool about that? No? Yeah. Like we're in a boat that's sinking, you know? Mm-hmm. It looks like we're on a sinking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wow. never let go, hack. <laughs> it kind of looks like we're in a burning building. Yeah. It looks like we're on we're at our office job on September 11th, 2001, mm-hmm. and a plane is about to hit the we're, building. We're recording on the last thing Leonardo DiCaprio ever touched before he <laughs> sunk to his death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome to the Average Smokes Podcast. A little bit of housekeeping. Okay, so we have t-shirts coming. They will be announced this week. We're going to send t-shirts directly. <laughs> I don't think, Dude, we, I don't think this is going to happen. Rules. I know, I What's love that? that. What's that? Literally, we have t-shirts. No, not available. But we'll have t-shirts available for pre-order. And my um, dad will be there. <laughs> 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 the shit Mike says. <laughs> right, like when he unilaterally changed the episode release date. <laughs> You t-shirts guys. this weekend. No, we're gonna have T-shirts Let's available like, for pre-order. It's a really cool T-shirt. I, if I, folks, if I say so myself, we had we got really nice T-shirts. <laughs> a gi- beautiful Egyptian, beautiful Egyptian cotton uh, coming out. They're beautiful T-shirts. You're gonna want to get one, folks. We just start lying. They sell out. We start lying like, yeah, it's all union made, humanely sourced, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no sweatshops in Singapore. Yeah, they're not made from the place where Shein clothes come from or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. How do we do that? Else. How do we make sure our shirts are like authentically made by just a guy? Well, that was, I don't know. Right. That I was, guess I really don't care. Yeah, that's tough, um, right? Yeah. That was part of why we never had merch at Grubstakers because we did a billionaire's po- sure. you know, podcast making fun of billionaires and you know, leftists being leftists or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, you want to sell merch for that? Well, you mm-hmm. should try to like ethically source it mm-hmm. and then that's just such a pain in the ass that yeah. we never got around to it aren't you so happy you're done with that gay leftist horse <laughs> shit and <laughs> now you get to do a fucking boys now cast. i can fucking sell sweatshop labor and dude. not have to worry about it <laughs> dude we are going to become stinking uh rich i think at some point anyway you got to give the people something i'm thinking maybe lighters too we'll sell little bic lighters or yeah, zippo lighters, lighters you wait know, not to stop logo. Uh, we're going to come back to, to the subject of the episode cocaine, but I just like, just to kind of mention that it is fascinating to me, like knowing, let's say more right-wing people or more left-wing people, like left-wing people have to have to have this whole like justification in their head about no uh, ethical consumption under capitalism and all this other kind of stuff about like why it's okay to, for them to do cocaine, even though it's, you know, I I have a large child to feed child slavery or yeah. destroying the forest or whatever sure. but it's like right-wing people they just they just live in bliss yeah the world's their oyster they don't yeah. have to justify anything they're just like the world exists for me i can just do cocaine i don't have to worry about it and yeah. that's why we are selling slave merch well it's almost like we should be a right-wing <laughs> podcast i think maybe i don't know we'll start uh but anyway uh, coming so, to rumble soon so here's the thing i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna sh- sh- i'm gonna share the t-shirt design on my instagram and then mm-hmm. i'm gonna create an email account that you can email me an order you can venmo me and then i'll, I'll ship it out to you <laughs> and hopefully you trust me enough <laughs> oh, come on what are you gonna you could know. have like uh twenty thousand dollars and you're gonna get taken a small claims court for not delivering anything sure 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 <laughs> Um, that's what you think, but uh, so yeah, t-shirts coming, some merch, and uh, we're bringing on a producer, number two. Excited about that, oh, and yeah. uh, we are. We want you to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Apple Smokes YouTube channel. We did receive our a strike for. I don't even want to say we were joking about the the word, the thing that happened in Germany. In the you know in the 30s and 40s, but we were but you know we we shared a long a long time ago. <laughs> I can still remember. They strike us for um, copywriting because it sounds too much like John McClane. But, yeah, the day that, you know... Do a few years when some people died. Apparently, you're not allowed to talk about it on the internet. The day the comedy died. (laughs) Yeah. Which is very... I don't even remember making fun of the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. But well, Sean was talking about the the cannibal, the guy in Germany who ate the guy. You can talk about eating your own penis, but uh, yeah. And then and then I said, well, at least they're not doing the you know the H word. 
So they don't like when you say H word. So now if, if we get three strikes in a 90 day period, they they eliminate our channel. So subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go go to Mike Racine Comedy on YouTube. You can we'll post our videos over there. And uh, YouTube is so fucking gay, man. I know. Can I say that? Probably not, but that's okay. Say it anyway. You know, like how are we supposed to do this podcast, Sean? Sean. If I can't, if I can't reference that event in Germany, that fictional event in I Germany, I think it was because there was probably laughter around it. That largely exaggerated. <laughs> no, you think it's great. It's, it's, All right, that's, that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. Strike two. We didn't even say I what know. we're talking about. I, I know, but see, uh, yeah. You think that's a strike too? I don't What's think that? that's a strike. We're going to find not, out together. Let's just not use. Yeah, let's just not use the word. Uh, so moving forward, guys, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to have to create this rule, but no slurs and don't say the H word. Okay, I think that's pretty not a hard, not, not a lot to ask. We start releasing 20 um, minute podcasts. <laughs> it's not a lot to ask, but it does seem like all signs are pointing to us going to Rumble very soon. We're gonna actually start a show on the Steven Crowder Network. Oh God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how an honest podcaster is supposed to not. Grift yeah. to the right, go to the right. Well, it's grift, appropriate we do this on the Steven Crowder network because you've already got your pregnant wife working for you. <laughs> you know what's funny? We did have sex, not to brag, but we did have sex a couple of days ago. Yeah. And she said she was out at a bar because I, I took Benjamin to Jersey to see my parents, and she was ha- she was having a couple drinks. Yeah, you know, she's probably pulled her skirt up. She probably had a couple labia exposed, <laughs> hoping somebody would come over and hit on her. And uh, <laughs> and uh, she said some like some like crazy homeless guy came over to her and he was like, "Ma'am, I'm God and you're gonna have a daughter on Jul- on April 4th." And that's almost exactly nine months to when we. Uh, that's how she convinced you to have sex with her. No, no, it was after we. That's how you can get hard. She was trying to fuck you, and you're like, "Okay, a homeless man told me." <laughs> you're like, "What'd he say?" <laughs> Wait, he didn't ask for money. He just like told us information. <laughs> no, this was after we. After oh, we, afterwards. Yeah. So, she, but she tricked you, or he told her after. He told her after. Wow. So yeah, so it was a couple of days after. So I'm like, all right, that might be cool. A little yeah. baby you, girl you coming, I guess. With the windows open. Homeless <laughs> 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 guy jerking off across the street. <laughs> he just heard. He just heard. Like, no <laughs> need for payment, ma'am. Just leave the windows open. <laughs> oh, I'm coming in some. Oh boy. I'm coming in my wife. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I don't know. But anyway, looks like we're headed towards, we'll be on Rumble very soon or Fox Nation or whatever it is. And, uh, <laughs> and then, I, I, so I have, I have a quick little story for uh, just before we start the show. So, uh, you, you guys are probably bad at saving numbers in your phone, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah I don't do it. Ever. I don't save any numbers. And I, so, you know, you, there's that classic thing where you get the text and so you get a text from an unknown number, but... It's somebody who knows you, and you can't do the, hey, new phone. Like, that doesn't, that maybe worked 10 years ago. The, mm-hmm. hey, new phone, who this? Yeah. So, um, so I get this number from a 914 number. I, I got a text from a 914 number a couple of days ago, and uh, this guy's like, uh, hey, hey, Mike, uh, this is probably, I don't want to insult you or anything, but I do need some moving help, and I was wondering if maybe uh, you want to help me move some, uh, some furniture from my place in Astoria to my girlfriend's place in, uh, in Bushwick. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So I, ha- I start, you know, we start talking. We start talking about the job. And uh, one of my tricks when this happened is I go, I go, yeah, what's your email? Hmm. So then they go, so then they say, they say the email. And it'll be like, oh, you know, John whatever at Gmail. I go, okay, that's who that is. Uh, so this guy goes, I go, what's your email? And this guy goes, my email is, he goes, my email is MaximumHenry3214. <laughs> this is some horse shit. What's that? Just some like Duke Nukem name. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like Maximum Henry. Okay, so, so I'm like, all right. So the guy's name is Henry. Yeah. Right. Henry Maximum. Yeah. Yeah. That's how dumb I am. I go like yeah. Maximus. Yeah. Henry Maximum. Yeah. So I. So the job was today. So I show up at the guy's place. He comes outside. I don't recognize him. I'm like, I haven't met this guy Shut before. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. So the whole time I'm like trying to solve this mystery of yeah, like not who. to insult you, he says. So he knows What's you. That? He knows me and he's like, and so we're talking and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, you know, I listen to one or two podcasts a day. He's like, I love your show. He had a lot of nice things to say about the show. He said, 
he said, you know, I love that you guys bitch about your jobs, like because you work shitty jobs, and the people who listen to the show are probably listen or work, you know, working shitty jobs as well. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're right, because you don't want to be fucking Tom Segura and and Burt Kreischer bitching about their fucking like like bragging about all the nice shit that they have, sure. and then getting upset when people are like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. mad. I, I guess Tom Segura was on Joe Rogan the other day and saying that like they shouldn't forgive. I I I mean, I don't know. I don't have anything negative to say about. About any, about these guys, but it is it is funny that you get people. A successful podcast will they make so much money that you just you become such a unbearable cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mike, trying to fucking I don't want to disrespect no, no, anybody. No, 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 these are all good everybody. people, but <laughs> no, but almost almost every and I just want to say this. Speaking honestly. <laughs> Almost everybody I know, except for Dan Soder, yeah, <laughs> who's who's a perfect man, um, who makes a lot of money <laughs> doing comedy, is is you know, has, turn, has, has turned into a little bit of a cunt. A lot of money, right? So yeah, as soon as he realizes he's making a lot of money, uh-huh. we're toast, dude. Right? Yeah. Somebody steal? You think somebody's stealing it? How does he not know? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. His grandma is getting his, his checks. <laughs> His grandma is just wearing a, a sequined uh, uh, sweater, like a cat sweater. That's purple. Got purple sequins uh, on it. Dan would somehow uh, like cue his grandmother into his agency so she could work. He's like, could she also make sandwiches? Could she send in sandwiches? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So anyway, um, so you were moving a man. You so did it was cool. Know. So yeah, yeah. So he had nice things to say, and it's like, yeah, I don't know how you. I don't know how you. Become rich doing a podcast, and not turn into a piece of shit. But anyway, so that's neither here nor there. But uh, so we we load up all his uh, furniture into the into the truck. It was just me and him, and uh, we're we're kind of we're talking, we're going back and forth in the truck, and I start talking about you know the t-shirts, this <laughs> the t-shirt idea that I have that's going to take me out of poverty. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, you got to do it. He's like, you know, I I, I have my shop and I sell belts and. Uh, and when he said that, I should have known who this guy. I should have. That's that should have been a hint yeah, for who this guy guys. was. Yeah. Are you guys starting to figure out who it is? No, you have a belt guy. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah. He said I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'll I'll reveal who it is at the end. But this could be like a this could be like a mystery files of Shelby Wu type thing where you guys can try to figure out sure. who this is because you know the guy. Uh, we know the guy. Um. So anyway, so let me keep so so we're like uh, we're we're talking in the truck and uh, uh, he's telling me about his the merch that he sells. Belts? What's that? Are they world championship belts? Um, he makes like wallets and belts out of uh, leather. There's your second clue. Um, oh shit, Zach Amico. <laughs> Human skin. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so we're just like hanging out and so he's so he's telling me he's like yeah man he's like he's like it's great you got to do it people love merch people love to buy stuff from you like a small business like you'll you'd be surprised at what people will buy and what they pay for and how patient they are with the orders and it's great you have your Shopify store you you know you set everything up and it's like the sales come in he's like I started doing that I quit my job I used to be a bartender I quit my job and uh you know like like a year ago and I haven't looked back since and I'm just like selling my stuff he's like the margins are great we start uh we start driving to bushwick and uh we we start talking about like the city and and uh i was like this is the coolest guy i've ever met i'm like i'm like this guy should like you should be able to like if you meet a guy that you're like you should be able to have like a husband yeah you should be able to run off and that you don't fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Marry a guy and beg it. Yeah, like running off and getting married. What is that, a shotgun wedding? Yeah. It should only be between two good friends that hit it off. You should be able to, like, marry a dude. <laughs> it's like your friend. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy's so cool. We start talking about, like, he said he was he went through the troubled teen industry, and he went to the same facility that uh, Brace Belden went to. Hmm. And uh, he's like... um we start talking about like Sopranos and then the, and then the Wire and I'm like, damn, I like don't want this this truck ride to fucking end, you know. And uh, so then we 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 pull in and we unload everything and then uh, finally at the end I'm like, I'm like where I'm like, did, 
I go, did you get my number from, from Sean? Or how did you, like, how do we, like, know each other? And then he goes, oh, yeah, I'm the guy from uh, Patreon. He's the guy from Patreon that was giving us $50 a month. That we never called. That we never called. <laughs> that, we were supposed to, that we were supposed to get on the fucking Zoom call He with. made you fucking move him, though. <laughs> that kind of fucking rules. Well, oh, you're not going to call me? Hey, come on over, Mike. <laughs> oh, you're too busy for a phone call, but you're, you'll sweat six hours in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> that See, fucking rules. That's Good why I'm him. skeptical yeah. about the fucking merch. Because it's why? like, well, we had that $50 tier and like uh-huh. two people. No. Three people signed up for it at various points. I didn't know Three that. different people, yeah. Oh, and we, we like them all we, Zoom calls, huh? We we yeah we do owe all those people Zoom calls. So if you're one of the fifty dollars tiers, hit us up. We'll yeah. still do it. Yeah, but it's the but CIA we, to thank get you scans for, of Sean's face at different angles. Right, right. But we never called them, even though that's on the tier. I guess I just want to say thank you for letting us treat you like shit. <laughs> so thank you to our fans who, because this guy was so fucking, he was so cool. And I had his number, and I, we did try to call him a couple times. He just, I guess, timing, one time he didn't yeah. pick up. The timing was bad. It never kind of like worked out. But we do, you know. But uh, but shout out to Max. We do, and then and then so his name. I go. So what's that email? He goes. Well, my name is Maximum Henry. I'm like, that's kind of bizarre. Was your mom like smoking crack or something? Like, <laughs> was your was your mom? She's like a Transformers fan. Here? Yeah. Yeah. Right. My father was a. Gl- <laughs> <laughs> my father was a gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm like, oh, get, you know, I felt so bad. He was like, yeah, no, but he's like, I'm, I'm sure you interact with like so many people. I'm just bad at saving numbers. So, you know, I guess save numbers, everybody. The other, th- so then, uh, so I, on my way home, I drove through Bed-Stuy. I lived in Bed-Stuy for like four years and I went, I went to my, um, and I was driving through Bed-Stuy and I was like, man, I really like, I mean, I like my kind of hoity-toity neighborhood now. I'm like, but I kind of miss this. Like, Bed-Stuy was cool. The people are cool. There's there's hot girls that are, like, kind of pudgy with tattoo sleeves. Hmm. You know, there's there's middle-aged and older black people that you can become friends with that are really nice. I'm like, it's such a nice community of people, and I miss it. And then I went to my uh, coffee shop that I usually go to, th- or that, that I went to. I went to this coffee sh- It was a block from my house. I went to this coffee shop every day for, like, four years. And I just kind of like, uh, we're going to start the episode soon. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I know it's a long intro, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I would go to this coffee shop every day and I would just kind of like dick around. I would write, I would, you know, I would bullshit with the baristas and the people that work there and the restaurant and the wine store is like still open. And I was like, you know, it just like took me back and I was like, man, you never know what the, you never know that the good old days are. You never know you're experiencing the good old days. Ah, sure. You know? Yeah. You never know how good things are until you're removed Until you're doing from worse than how bad you until were you're doing, doing a worse. week ago. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, damn, I used to just d- come to this coffee shop and just sit here with an iced coffee and like be horny for hours at a time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and just kind of like, and uh, not that I would trade it, but, you know, I don't have, I didn't have any responsibility and... So anyway, I Imagine guess I if just like 10 years from now, we're like, remember when we made $800 a month on a podcast, <laughs> the peak of our success <laughs> in show business? Yeah, the fucking uh, Brooklyn's like underwater. We're, we're, <laughs> we're traveling by boat to do the show. Every no, nobody has any money except for like the Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. It's 110 degrees every day. Yeah. Anyway, so I just want to say real quick, here's to the. Here's to the good old days. Here's to the good old days. Scott Cheers. finished this one. <laughs> he, he also didn't give me I much, but I, I yeah. asked for just a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Just a taste. Just a taste. Yep. So, anyway, Sean, you want to take it away? What are we talking about? Uh, I wanted to talk about cocaine a bit. So I'm writing a, a Substack article, or I wrote most of it. I got to edit it. It'll probably be up this uh, this Sunday. Uh, SeanPMcCarthy.substack.com. If you want to subscribe for free. But I wanted to talk about just cocaine kind of generally, but also just in New York City, because, um, you know, my life besides this podcast is I work an office job Monday to Friday and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's fine, but it's not very spiritually fulfilling. So you get to Friday, you just want to go get drunk. So I usually like because Max asked me, he said, what does Sean do? And I said he works for exactly <laughs> can't s- oh. you got to end. You got to censor that. OK. <laughs> I will. I will. Why? Because I can't. I oh, work an office think, job. You think he 
This is going to come through the fucking pot. Dude. (laughs) All right. Sorry. We'll censor it. 1955. (laughs) Anyway. All right. All right. All right. So, so, all right. Let's dial it back. (laughs) Fucking moron. Why? I didn't know it's a secret that where you work. Yes. It is a secret where I work because people on the internet, some of them hate me. Got it. All right. And it just takes one New York Post article to make my life much more difficult. I didn't realize that. Twitter's most hated man, <laughs> Sean McCarthy. People have, his haters have tried to find out where he works for many years. All right, I promise I'll, I'll censor it. Yeah. Or I'll tell our new producer to, uh, no, yeah. I'll do him. I'll per, I will personally censor where you work. Thank you, Johnny, because I know Mike's not going to do it. Yes, I am. Go ahead. All right. But anyway, so I work an office job, Monday to Friday, nine to five. You get to Friday kind of just want to go out and get drunk and then mm-hmm. i do that saturday a lot of the time too mm-hmm. so that's like your friday saturday you go out you just get drunk and then you're like hungover recovering on sunday mm-hmm. maybe you do laundry you do chores and then you're doing it all over again but it's like you know now, where is your office exactly <laughs> not gonna say that all right, all right all right uh but you know so it's like i've been doing that the last few months uh and I've kind of noticed, like, in New York, just, like, at the bars and house parties or whatever I go to, yeah. like, cocaine's really coming back. Uh-huh. Ketamine, too. Uh-huh. And it's, like, I noticed a bit of that, like, when the, the lockdowns ended, you know, pandemic was over. Like, people in bars would just, like, go hard. They would just go to, like, 4 a.m. And you just see, like, lots of coke and all that. And, um, <clears throat> like, I don't have a... Well, there are, like, real statistics about how this is increasing, but just, like, anecdotally... People offer me cocaine a lot, which it's like, you know, if it's the blonde Swedish female tourist in New York mm-hmm. being offered cocaine, that's a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But if it's yeah. like the spindly Mick is being offered, you know, cocaine by heterosexual men, right, that's right. like, well, there's a lot of cocaine around. So I was doing cocaine with this girl uh, last week. She might have been about 14 years old. She looked very young. Don't say where I work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, okay. So for like real statistics, um, the other part that's surprising about that is like, there's been a lot of fentanyl in the cocaine, you know, like we know people have died on, on related to that. Yeah. And, um, and that's been increasing, like just from the New York times, there were, uh, in New York, New York city, uh, in, uh, 2017, there were 17 people died from mixing fentanyl and cocaine. In 2017? 2017. 17 people. But in 2021, which is the most recent year we have uh, statistics for, over 1,000 mm. people died from mixing fentanyl and cocaine. My grandma died in 2017. Did she? Really? Yeah, I want, I'm just saying. Yeah, she probably did fentanyl. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Should have had a test strip. <laughs> yeah. She did coke off some guy's dick. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was actually his dick was too big. It wasn't the <laughs> cocaine was the problem. It was... She's not used to a dick that big, <laughs> so the line was extra long. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, uh, and, like, actually, most of the overdoses, like, in 2021, there were a total of 2,668 fatal overdoses in New York, and uh, most of them, the majority, were, like, heroin and fentanyl. Because mm-hmm. what's happening is, you know, there's less heroin because we pulled out of Afghanistan, so all the heroin addicts, their shit's all getting cut with fentanyl. Or, you know, Mac Miller, he died of an overdose because what people will do or what dealers will do is they'll have fake oxys, fake oxycontins or fake uh, oxycodone or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just put fentanyl in it. And you well, can he died because Ariana Grande is a uh, psychopath. <laughs> he died because Pete Davidson sent a pic of him fucking Ariana Grande. And Mac Miller was like, I need as much fentanyl as I can get God, right now. These kids today. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that you were going to die. Oh, shit. He died? <laughs> I was just sending him pictures of my dick. Oh, my bad. Ricky Velez is like, yo, dude, it's fine, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, anyway. Would you ever send lewds of you with a girl to her ex? No. That's pretty foul. It seems evil, pretty man. mean. Yeah. Pretty mean. That's some evil, awful, awful shit. You I know. know. Yeah. Especially you don't know how a man reacts. Oh, like she that. told me we were just making a Christmas card. 
Well, you know, actually, Pete Davidson had him killed because Pete yeah. Davidson had the Hillary Clinton tattoo and Mac Miller had a song called Donald Trump. So <laughs> it could right. only be Damn. one. Damn. Right, right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like a dealer can make more money if the if you do fentanyl so strong, you can just have like a little tiny bit of fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And if you get the dosage right, you can make a lot of money because you just put the slightest bit of fentanyl mm-hmm. and that'll replicate or replace the effects of whatever other opiate you're substituting it for. Mm-hmm. And so that's happened where dealers will make money for like five or six years or whatever. But then one day they fuck up the formula because it's like so little fentanyl will kill you that if you get the measurement just even slightly wrong, you'll just kill people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, like another thing I've learned just kind of going to bars and house parties in New York is uh, there are cocaine delivery services now. I mean, there always right. have been, but they're kind of getting more and more prominent. Right. And uh, some people in New York might remember before we legalized weed here, you would there were bicycle delivery services for weed. Mm-hmm. You would meet somebody, you would just text somebody, and then in an hour or two, some guy on a bicycle who hates you would show up your apartment and make up lies about the different strains that they have for sale, <laughs> pretend yeah. that there's any difference between them. Yeah. And, uh, but now, you know, weed's legal in New York. You can just go to any corner store. So these kind of biking uh, black market services are superfluous for weed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people or a lot of dealers are kind of moving into cocaine or ecstasy or whatever else. Mm-hmm. So you can just kind of get that same service where you'd like text somebody and either somebody on a bike or in a car will show up. Just yeah. give them some cash. They'll give you a bag. Yeah. And um, and there was like one guy who was um, uh, he's doing 25 to life now. But he did that out in um, the Bronx, I think, for like five or six years. Made a lot of money. But then one day he killed three people in one night because there was yeah. fentanyl in I his uh, I remember cocaine. That. Yeah. 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 He was. Um, but yeah, he got sentenced. He's doing 25 to life. And I remember the people that died, too. It was like one girl was like a social worker. One was a lawyer who probably just had like a lot of homework to do. And then the other one was like a guy, like a guy who had a pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah, I think that's why I never did cocaine because it's always like for the busybody. Yeah. Coca- it's like even like when they plan the night, it's like people who are used to bullet points. It is like the nine to five people, you know. Uh-huh. And so their idea of a good time is like a bullet point good time. And so like you cocaine never did to it. me is like no, because it always to me looked like every time I see people on it, yeah, it's the like we gotta get somewhere drug. Yeah, it's the let's drive faster on the road of partying. Right. Um. But the truth is, you know, it's like Back to the Future, a party. Uh, there are no roads. Yeah. And so cocaine to me always felt a little more business. It was for the business people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for kind of the fucking losers almost. Mm-hmm. The, the people who like didn't have the, it in them to have like the, the good th- time. Yeah. The energy of a good time. Yeah. Because their energy is so focused on getting work done. Yeah. Um, I've only done it twice in my life, but it is like a lot of fun. Like you, sure. it makes you like, it makes you feel like really focused, really confident. And I remember, like, one time I did it. I did it in a rental truck with this girl outside of a strip club because I was, like, on the rebound, you know? And, uh, yeah, we just did. So just, fucking trashy. Because I, I was on the <laughs> woman deserves so much better. Yeah. No, not, not if you knew her, not really. Um, no, but she was she was nice, and she shared her. Um, but uh, I think we made out a little bit, you know? And then we went into the pumps, and we looked at some some... We looked at some brass, <laughs> and uh, but then I was like up till like the sun the sun came because I was living in Sunset Park at the time that apartment that you lived in in Sunset Park with oh, David yeah yeah and I remember just walking around like going like going to a deli being like this is awesome yeah you feel I good feel, in the morning you feel like John Travolta in Fat Saturday Night Molly Fever. and Acid do that to you too where like you have like an open heart yeah. at six a.m. I guess more nice. like Saturday Night Fever <laughs> for me if it's yeah, me yeah yeah. <laughs> City shaking and everything's breaking because Mike's walking down the street. <laughs> well, you did too, by the way. I, walk I use my walk. I have diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> I want a chicken sandwich right now. <laughs> Yo, you're always throwing chicken sandwiches into lyrics, I've noticed. Oh, really? Yeah, I've noticed a few oh, okay. times. Yeah. yeah, nice. You always got chicken sandwich on the brain. Mm-hmm. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. Uh, d- as addicting as cocaine. Let's get back sure. to it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sean, you've yeah. well. Are you allowed to say you've done cocaine? Or? Yeah, sure. Okay, I mean, yeah, a few times. 
I used to like, I mean, I did it a bit in college and then like really briefly I dated this girl who like kept some and a pendant around her neck mm-hmm. and we would just like go to the clubbing, which I don't do, but then we'd go to the bathroom and like snore coke and go dance and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then she like just stopped answering my texts one day and I still see her on Instagram. But, um, but then like I didn't really, and then I did it a bit post pandemic, but it's, it is one of those drugs where I think there are serious moral and ethical issues about doing it. So I do wrestle with that sometimes Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, there's a drug war researcher I follow on Twitter who's a great uh, account to follow. His name's El Paris, but he has this, uh, this quote that I think, uh, says it better than I can, which is, uh, there's a trail of death and misery that you can't even comprehend behind every gram of cocaine produced and smuggled North. So 25 year old behavioral therapist named Bree can get their mind's dick wet three times a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's basically true. You know, America, we're 4% of the world's population. We're the largest cocaine consumer, consume about a third of the cocaine. Europe mm-hmm. actually does more coke than us per capita, but we are, you know, bigger population. We uh, consume more cocaine, um, or various nations in Europe, I should say. But, you know, it's like, okay, there's uh, the deforestation because most cocaine comes from Peru, uh, Bolivia, Colombia. Uh, the cocoa plant grows naturally there. And what happens is because of the demand from the U.S. and Europe, uh, you want to generally, you want to have your cocaine cultivation, your coca, coca cultivation operation uh, away from the eyes of the authorities. So you want to find the most pristine, remote wilderness as far away from any city as you can, and then just clear cut it and plant a bunch of cocoa. Yeah, they're going places scientists haven't even been. Right, accidentally killing you know they're like species we don't even know exist. Everywhere <laughs> David Attenborough should be filming <laughs> yeah, is now yeah, a, like yeah. a fucking Sinaloa cartel. Yeah, you'll get shot if you get two miles close to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's like a bunch of cameramen that uh, David Attenborough sent out that are still missing mm-hmm. for Planet Earth three. But, you know, so it's like, you know, thousands of hectares of of forest and wilderness have just been clear cut for this trade. So Mm -hmm. there's that element of it. There's the violence of the trade, which is, you know, a result of prohibition. But like uh, in Mexico since 2006, probably three, at least 300,000 violent deaths. Yeah. Since 2006, you know, another few hundred thousand in Colombia, going back to the 70s and the 80s. Have Um, you seen that documentary Cartel Land? Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. So where does the where does a lot of the violence come from? Like how do you trace the who is it that's getting killed? If you want to talk about um uh Mexico specifically, mm. the the book that I just finished uh, called Drug Cartels Do Not Exist, they make the argument that most of the violence came from the military, the Mexican military, mm. and most of that was um competition between different factions in the Mexican government for control of the cocaine routes, Hmm. the cocaine smuggling routes. And the argument he makes is, um, you know, like Juarez is a border town, you know, like in Sicario, they drive through Juarez, Mm -hmm. very infamous for violence and all that. And um, the thing is, up until 2006, the murder rate was actually declining in Juarez. But 2006 is when the, the Mexican government under President Felipe Calderon uh, declares like a war on drugs or a war on the cartel, a military intervention. He sends in the army in 2006. And so the homicide rate's declining before 2006, but then he sends in the military and it explodes. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get 300,000 murders and homicides up until uh, uh, from 2006, at least 300,000. Mm-hmm. And his argument is... Most of what the military did, like, I think 80-some percent of their in- encounters were perfect lethality encounters, mm-hmm. which means they kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, the military stops a car with, say, five people in it. They just kill all five of them mm-hmm. in the vast majority of cases. And what happens is they just declare those people drug traffickers. Mm-hmm. And oh, it wow. doesn't mean they were drug traffickers. It just means they killed everybody, right. so there's no other witnesses. Right. Because the cartel, they're just trying to have a good time and buy some tigers, and Right. Hang out with a panda bear and then have their daughters start podcasts with Jake Flores. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so uh, uh, the book argues 
essentially cartels, you know, because they argue, that, or the Mexican government and the U.S. government, they argue the, the, the violence in Juarez in these places was caused by, you know, various cartel wars, like mm -hmm. the Sinaloa cartel versus uh, Cal, uh, whatever it's called, Juarez or uh, the Zetas or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever other cartel. But the book argues all these cartels have their own factions within the Mexican government. Mm -hmm. So uh, the author says essentially why the army was sent in was because the federal government was trying to reassert its control over the cocaine trade from local police and local political actors. And so that's where the violence comes from is essentially an intergovernment war for control of the cocaine trade, whether it would be federal or whether it would be controlled by local politicians, local businessmen, local police. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's a very fascinating argument. I think it's, I think it's entirely correct. Mm. Um, but it is like, in terms of the drug trade, that's the whole joke of prohibition. The war on drugs is the government, whether it's Mexico or US or whatever, they're not going against all drugs. They're just going against the competition of whatever their favorite trafficker is. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know why it was never uh, legalized, or you know, or, or I guess it was banned, right, fairly quickly in the country? Because there was what alcohol was, pro, uh, there was prohibition before the real prohibition in like Atlanta, right? And so that guy made Coca Cola, which is just like Coke and um, you know syrup, syrup, blah 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 blah, right? People liked it, um, but then eventually cocaine was banned. Now, I don't know at what point that happened, but is it because they can't, you know, tie a lasso around it like uh, a lot of other drugs where, like, a lot of people would be... Coke doesn't seem like something I could make at my house, you know, like yeah. weed or something where it's like, well, everyone could just grow it. Yeah, um, so the history is, uh, like, the cocoa leaf or the cocoa plant. That's been used um, going all the way back to at least the Inca Empire, like, you know, 1,000-plus years. But it wasn't until 1860 that a German chemist figured out uh, how to extract pure cocaine from the, the cocoa leaf. Because you can still, like, and you know, in, like, Peru or uh, Bolivia, you can still get, like, the, uh, the cocoa leaf tea, or you can kind of... Uh, uh, put the cocoa leaf, a, a lot of them, you know, in your cheek, like chewing tobacco. Yeah. It'll give you a bit of a high, but it's obviously not as pure as just like the straight cocaine, which, you know, there's a whole process for making involving, you know, uh, mushing down the leaves and then adding kerosene and lime and, you know, some other shit to extract it. But it wasn't until 1860 that, you know, ger a German chemist figured it out. And then once they had... Uh, figured it out it started getting used in medicine it started getting used for like hair loss treatment or like just like you know women's shampoo or like obviously in coca-cola for a bit and then i believe it gets banned in 1906 in the united states as part of like a general drug crackdown too many dudes were kissing on it i think there's like some <laughs> things that dudes get real close to each other and the government goes knock it off guys mm -hmm. start doing coke and blowing on each other's cocks mm-hmm mm -hmm. You know, you know, when I was in uh, like, I think it was the summer between high school and college, we, uh, my friends would all hang out at our one friend's apartment. And I went over one night and they were like, Mike, guess what we all did? We did ecstasy. They like didn't invite me to do ecstasy no with them. Yeah, I guess they thought that I wouldn't be fun or on it or whatever. Do, no, they thought you'd try to have sex with them. Probably. Well, no. Well, my my one friend was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I did, I did, I did make sure to jerk off before we did this because I don't want to do anything gay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that rules. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> He would survive another day, you oh, know? Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, because, you know, I found out that um, there there was a book. Hold on. I, I'm going to find it super quick. Um, Wait. Before you get to that, though, uh, uh, there was, like, a, a one of those, like, right-wing or, like, neo-Nazi Twitter accounts posted uh, a tweet that was, like, Bavaria, this is beautiful. This culture should be preserved. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, some traditional Bavarian dance or something. And then I found this video, and I posted the same caption for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a guy. I can't really uh, show it on YouTube, <laughs> but um, it looks like a couple guys doing 
cocaine off each other's penises. <laughs> yes. And this is from some sort of Oktoberfest in Brazil mm-hmm. because they have a big expat community because of that that event we can't talk about. Yeah. But that is the kind of male bonding that the ruling class is afraid of. Exactly. I think, you know? Taking a video of you doing cocaine off each other's dicks. Yeah. It just it just makes you not feel compromised by the videos that your bosses make of you on Wall Street, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't care if you have that on video, yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. I um I read that Mark Twain wanted to like bring cocaine into the country and grow it because there was a book uh in like the mid 1800s called Exploration of the Valley of the Amazon mm-hmm. by uh, William Lewis Herndon. I'm obviously reading this off of something. But um in it, right, uh, he read about the natives chewing on a cocoa plant while they worked in the mines all day, mm-hmm. and um, that plant would make them work the entire day, but more than anything, it wouldn't make them hungry, and mm-hmm. they were happy doing it. Mm-hmm. And so if you look through history, it's like even alcohol was used for people to work mm-hmm. with a little buzz, but because right. of that, the work day was based around what alcohol does to a body. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eventually you get coffee which is like fuck yeah coffee rules Mm -hmm. but you still gotta shit a bunch you still Mm -hmm. gotta stop and eat right cocaine does feel like in terms of capitalism especially Mm -hmm. when you're like hey we got factories now Mm -hmm. why are you not pushing for cocaine Mm -hmm. other than you're afraid that um you're gonna have sex with your best friend and (laughs) (laughs) and your wife's gonna kick you out (laughs) henry ford and all those guys are like no no (laughs) it'll destroy my empire (laughs) Uh, yeah, but yeah, and politicians and shit kind of told Twain, like, no, dude, you're not bringing cocoa, whatever, here. Uh We're not growing cocaine. Mm -hmm. But in terms of business, because pure cocaine is, like, good for you, just like pure anything is good for you. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a lie. But, um... Well, it still has high potential for addiction. Though, I mean, it's like, yeah, moderate cocaine use is probably fine. Though you do use it heavily, you'll have a heart attack or a stroke or whatever, like Carrie Fisher. Mm -hmm. Um... Oh, that but, was Carrie Fisher's thing? Well, she did a lot of coke back in the day, yeah. Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac is about cocaine, and she kind of looks like Stevie Nicks. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Scott. You're welcome, dude. Uh, oh, yeah, but so, like, I mean, like, these kind of societal harms that I was mentioning earlier, I mean, I still believe, like, legalization and strict regulation is probably the least bad solution, but I'm not as gung-ho about it as I was in my teenage libertarian days because I do recognize, I mean, cocaine is a highly addictive drug. And I think you can look at it and you can say, oh, the Europeans, they used opium to control and exploit the Chinese. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at the crack epidemic in the United States, which the CIA did have a hand in, they Mm -hmm. worked with the Contras, they brought the cocaine into Los Angeles and these other places and, Mm -hmm. you know, the crack epidemic in the United States, the CIA brought it into the neighborhoods that used to be the places that the Black Panthers would recruit. Right. Like these former... So how did they get black people to start smoking crack though right because if i imagine if you're the cia like <laughs> they're like hey we just you... brought cocaine we didn't tell them to start lighting it <laughs> <laughs> yeah right right did like did the cia have some guys be like hey you know hey brothers <laughs> they walked into a black panther meeting like hey brothers you know what i love doing <laughs> he just pulls out a spoon <laughs> he's like this is cool <laughs> It's like when you're the one white guy at a black bar. Yeah. There's like 20 to 30 black people there and just like one white dude in sunglasses. <laughs> like, yeah. Anybody want to smoke this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to kind of give them credit for, I don't know. It's hard to uh, talk to black people. No. Well, it's hard. To, it's hard to get them to do stuff. It's hard to get them to like embrace a trend. Usually they're the ones that set the trends. Right. It's the illusion of them setting the trends. The CIA is forcing Mm -hmm. them to set the trends. Right. Right. Well, they worked with, like, black dealers like Freeway Rick Ross and stuff. Right. You know? Right. Or, I mean, he didn't even know he was selling cocaine for the CIA because there was enough. The CIA produced the Fresh Prince of (laughs) (laughs) Bel-Air. Um but yeah, so I mean, there is like serious hesitation in my mind. But how did they do that? Because you can't just put crack somewhere and people smoke it. They just, uh, I mean, in the case of that, it was the the former members of the Nicaraguan government. This is mm-hmm. what Gary Webb reported on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar Daniello Blandone mm-hmm. was kind of one of the main conduits. He was a former, I think, agricultural minister mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the Somoza government, which was disposed, deposed, 
And then he became one of the main um, Contra rebels, which Reagan and the CIA were like funding and all that. Mm -hmm. And then Congress cut off the funding and they realized we could fund it through cocaine trafficking. That became Iran-Contra. Um, so essentially, uh, Freeway Rick Ross was uh, one of the biggest L.A. cocaine dealers. And he would buy in bulk from one of these Contra guys. He had no idea that it was like part of a CIA deal mm -hmm. but essentially they just had enough degrees of separation where the CIA would kind of protect the Contras and make sure they could trap smuggle their coke and they mm -hmm. would bring it in and then they would sell it you know at wholesale to local LA dealers or mm -hmm. other dealers in the United States mm -hmm. and um, and then it was just I mean I don't know exactly who came up with the formula for crack right. but it was uh, something where in the 80s parallel to this like massive cia cocaine smuggling operation right somebody figured out oh you know uh you can uh, uh smoke crack if you do this particular chemical process on mm -hmm. it and that makes it much cheaper right. and it's not just like rich white people that can snort it anymore in the 80s in the reagan era right. now even like poor black people can sm uh, smoke crack right the cia is like i made you smoke crack i made you smoke crack sure um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's like, it's not any easy solutions, but I do think, yeah, with, uh, all the environmental devastation and all that, like, yeah, we probably do need to legalize and regulate it. Mm -hmm. But part of what I'm like trying to do in the article is talk about why it's coming back now. Mm -hmm. Like why there's so much, or at least I observe anecdotally, and I think the data would back this up in New York, so much ketamine, so much cocaine, so much like heavy drinking, and, uh, you know, like I have a couple different theories, but one of them is kind of nihilism. Mm -hmm. I think people, you know, young people and I'm like ab about to not be a young person anymore, but I'll still call myself a young person. I think we kind of uh, we're, we're uh, uh, accepting maybe the fact that we failed. Yeah. That we tried to get Bernie elected. That failed. Yeah. Now it's like you think we're that much of losers, though. I don't think any generation got sad because they didn't get anybody into the fucking White House. That's the lamest, most I, Twitter shit. I, I don't ever know. Heard. I did. Well, you're a, a liar, though. <laughs> you're a liar to your heart. Yeah. Nobody on planet Earth gives a fuck that their person. Scott's like, I get, didn't fail. I found ten dollars on the street today. No, it's just like an insincere trend, dude. It, 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 stop. You don't care. And that's why yeah, you're doing coke, because you realized you never cared. Because if you cared, you'd continue doing something, bitch and loser. I mean, I agree. I think it is a nihilistic way of checking out. But I think, um, you know, like probably most likely Joe Biden will get reelected, assuming the economy stays good. So it's like we got another four years of whatever the fuck this is, where it's like the economy is fine. But if you get cancer, you go bankrupt. Yeah. It's a very uh, sick society to live in. It's a very fuck you, I've got mine society. Yeah. And we are cooking the planet. I right. mean, there's no way around that. I think it's probably worse than sure. we all believe. Sure. Which brings me to another announcement. I have cancer. So if you could <laughs> subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Smokes, And if you could buy a t-shirt, which will be on sale in the next, which will be available yeah. for pre-order in the next couple weeks, uh, that would be a great Hmm. Yeah. But then my other theory is like, <laughs> I mean, women like cocaine. Yes. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> I know. Here's another thing, though. These fucking broads. No, he's right. I mean, like weed, <laughs> weed is weed is for boys. Cocaine is for girls. Uh -huh. Because, you know, girls, they like to do cocaine and, like, hug each other and tell their best friend how they love her and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And men, we like to take an edible yeah. and you put on the surround sound, the noise-canceling headphones. Mm -hmm. You watch Master and Commander. You pretend you really are a ship's mate. Mm -hmm. That's what male <laughs> entertainment is. Master and Commander. <laughs> it's really <That> good. Rules. <laughs> Dude, I did that on an edible. It was so fun. Really? You can hear the, you can hear the ship creaking. Uh -huh. And you're like, once you're stoned, you're like, holy shit, I am really here. This is what it's mm. about. Yeah, uh, but I don't enjoy smoking or doing edibles. It makes me too like heady, and I start thinking about. It's good if you like you watch a movie or play video games because you can yeah. check out and you get like way too absorbed in it. Right. right. Yeah. I get too introspective. Yeah, but that's why you need like some sort of media to distract you from your wandering thoughts. Right. I'm like I'm a failure. My family hates me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a lie. <laughs> Everything I stand up comedy's a lie. Well, they do call it the truth serum. <laughs> do they? No. Oh, okay. 
I think Bob Marley said, smoke, smoke the ganja to reveal yourself to yourself. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Bob Marley, <laughs> you taught me I I'm was like, a failure and my family right. hates me. I start smoking weed. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell you, brother. You are a fat man. Oh, my God. You're going to die. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Somebody farted in an elevator the other day and everybody thought it was me. <laughs> Redemption song. <laughs> Wait a minute. I they asked me if I wanted to buy two plane tickets the other day when I was checking in at the airport. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. I'm fat. <laughs> Mike Mike should do cocaine and go bowling. Mike looks like he would kick ass at bowling if he yeah. did cocaine. I'm not yeah. bad at it. I do like yeah. it. I did it at Che's birthday party. It was oh, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even though I went with Adam Friedland, and he, I got Adam into the fucking party. And oh, let just, the people know. You got him into the party, and then what the motherfucker He just like, walked away and ignored me. Wow. He went to talk to the, uh, the please don't destroy guys. Hmm. I'm like, those guys are going to... Yeah, speaking of rich podcast cunts, I texted, texted <laughs> Mullen on the 4th, and he was like, hey, what are you doing, bro? And he's like, I'm going to Ari Shafir's. I'm like, oh, hey, cool. I'm hanging out in Ridgewood. Can I come through? Nothing. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, he does that. I mean, it's... Yeah. I know he didn't mean anything by it, but... Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to hang out. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Hey. Next time, you know, let him know you have a gun <laughs> at, at your head. Yeah. Yeah, I know your address because <laughs> yeah. you said it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Nick, if you're listening, can you please return me and Sean's texts and emails, please? <laughs> I, did you get a new email address? Did you, did you get a new number? <laughs> <laughs> he did I'm text me from a random number, actually. Right? So. <laughs> no, I'm well, kidding. He's so funny. <laughs> How about, uh, how, about, how about uh, fat, <laughs> Bob, fat Bob Marley instead? We're jamming. It's, we're hamming. <laughs> we're hamming. <laughs> God, let us die. And we got some <laughs> ice cream, too. Okay. Somebody listens to that like, I can't believe they're not successful. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing everything right. <laughs> we're hamming. That's a classic. Yeah. You know what's crazy? It takes it takes me about four days to get into like uh, a, a groove with health, right? So it's like yeah. it's either like four days of eating like shit, and I'm like, oh no, I'm off the deep end, or four days of exercising and eating healthy. I'm like, oh okay, I can do this. But then some days I'll I'll be like, I'll feel skinny, and then the next day I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm I'm fat again, and it's like I must have eaten some kind of. I must have eaten can some kind of candy or whatever that has like a chemical in it that's just that just makes yeah. me really fat in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get excited and go wild for a day. I go hog wild yeah, and then man, it's just like it. ah, you that's become it. you again. You remember who you are. <laughs> remember who you are, it's Michael. It's like why Mike Tyson doesn't bo you know like pract even practice boxing anymore because mm -hmm. it'll make him go into his zone. That's mm -hmm. why he can't snack, mm -hmm. dude. Yeah. Remember who you are. <laughs> you are a fat man. <laughs> you have to go back to Pride Rock just to, <laughs> to fucking be a fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what food does what food does Pride Rock look like? I guess it looks like I don't know. Oh, it looks like a hot dog. Okay. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of what food it looks like. Doesn't look like a food too, sorry. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Anyway. Unfortunately. Yeah, well, my advice for the listeners and, you know, Benjamin when he's of age and if he wants to, mm -hmm. is if, if you want to score coke at a party, you just look for the guy that the attractive women are actually excited to talk to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They actually go up and approach and talk. Because, like, I mean, I've noticed, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but, you know, I go to enough parties, or I've been to, and, I, like... I've never been the guy at the party with Coke, yeah. but I've stood next to that guy enough. Yeah. And it's like women talk to him okay. the way we talk to women we want to have sex with. Okay. Like they're very nice. Uh -huh. And I think that's, you know, it's like, why do guys do anything? Uh -huh. You just want women to be nice to you. Like not even like sex, like, you know, just like, hey, it's like cool when you show up somewhere and a woman smiles at you and like, you know. For sure. It's a nice reversal of the roles, and unlike Bumble, it actually works. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I guess uh, what I'm saying is 
that's probably the only reason I think guys really like bring coke around. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're not addicted, mm-hmm. it's just like that's what girls want at parties. Yeah. And I can't speak to exactly why women want it, but maybe it is all that nihilistic Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders shit I was talking about. Maybe yeah. it feels like the Spice Girls or something. I've never done yeah. coke. I love the Spice Girls. Right. I will do coke. And listen to Spice Girls, and I'll get back to you guys. Yeah. I think there's an element of probably freedom in cocaine that women feel. Especially, you know, again, like I said, I feel, again, I've never done cocaine, but Uh it does feel like business people's drug, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, there is something, uh, society forces women to, um, their good time is also sort of uh, business, you know? Mm -hmm. There's like shackles to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, it's a contained yeah. business. But how are you not, like, terrified of fentanyl? I'm a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's like... I would be horrified of no, fentanyl. No, yeah, yeah. Could you well, imagine doing this podcast with two people? I would assume no girls do it. How are these girls that brave? That's what they should be talking about. Yeah. Look at the, the bravest girls ever Yeah, doing cocaine when there's fentanyl around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but the, the effects of fentanyl are almost instantaneous. So if you watch somebody do a line and they don't die... That's the first emperor penguin oh, really? in so the you sea. Just, you just sit around and wait yeah, and watch? Yeah, you just wait. And then after people have done coke for a minute, it's fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of more fat Bob Marley songs. <laughs> oh, what, which one you got now? Buffalo tenders. <laughs> Buffalo tenders, dude. It's not bad. <laughs> All right. Three little, uh, come on, what? Huh? Oh, three Dread. little birds is one. Three little birds. Yeah, yeah that's one of the songs. I'll be your oh. chicken tenders. What's that? <laughs> I'll be your friend. No, that was not. Oh, is that Bob Marley? Yeah. Wow, well, I hate us. Yeah. Why? We should do coke. <laughs> that's what the we should have done coke for this episode, mid episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is that. There's that trend in comedy now where people go, "I'm gonna do three sets. One, I'll be high on PCP. <laughs> the other yeah, one, yeah. I'll be sober. Yeah. And the other one, I'll be drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But uh, nobody. On the fourth one, I'll pretend to have taken care of my kid this whole time. Yeah, yeah. it's John Mulaney. On the on the fourth <laughs> yeah, one, I'll yeah, come yeah. in a woman who's not my wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take PCP and do a set where I fight the audience. Yeah, and get shot to death by the police because <laughs> I'm reaching for a gun. <laughs> the set is just you grabbing a cop's gun. <laughs> That's a good special ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, there should be a government program that teaches incels how to bring cocaine to parties. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk to women, you're an incel. Mm-hmm. You just get a cocaine connect. Yeah, that's. I a don't great know. Idea. I've never even spoken to a girl who's like, yeah, I've, I do coke. Never. So yeah, what kind of girls are you like trying to uh, hang out with that you're like, here, coke? These broads are, uh, you know. I don't think it's. They gotta like hit the bricks. You're right. It is a certain, let's say, quality of women. But mm-hmm. I think if you're at a bar, what's the quality? If you're at a bar in Bush, everyone Sean's trying to stick his dick in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sean's like, these guys must have fucking coke. I need fucking coke in order to talk to these bitches. <laughs> He's all strung out. <laughs> I don't advocate this. This is just personal observation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got to start observing more. I, I don't go to bars, obviously. Um, yeah. I when mean, you're I right, though. It's did like I noticed there I've been pretty ha- girls would. This is what you I've what? noticed. Yeah, yeah. Before, I, before your thing, <laughs> I will say, here's what biases my sample. I've been hanging out till 4 a.m. a lot. Ah. So I think it's like because I go out on Friday and a lot of times I stay till bar close. It's like, yes, if you're there at 4 a.m., you will see the Coke users. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Everything I've said here. If you're the kind of person who leaves a bar at 11 or midnight, not as applicable. I will right. say this, though. Just in doing stand-up at bars, I notice the thing about Coke is the typical beautiful girl will be talking to an ugly guy. <laughs> and that's how you know Coke is involved. And I really mean that. I mean, like, if she's you like, what's your, your podcast called? <laughs> <laughs> if you cue your ears into the conversation, you'll notice it's about cocaine. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have noticed that. Uh, yeah. Pretty girls talking to ugly guys because they have Coke. Yeah. So, yeah, Sean, you are absolutely right about that. Yeah, I didn't just make this all up. Man, what if books was Coke? That's what Sean thinks. <laughs> what? <laughs> what if books was Coke? 
<laughs> I mean, that's what happens to me with weed. Is like every time I have free time, I'm like, I want to read. And it's like, yeah. man, I could just damn pretend to be Arthur Morgan and get high. And <laughs> yeah, pretend yeah, to yeah. be a cattle yeah. rustler. <laughs> yeah, I dude. could I could change my hat 17 <laughs> times, and I could I could spend 23 minutes replicating <laughs> yeah. Charles Bronson's outfit from Once Upon a Time in the West. Ooh, red shirt, cream colored jacket, <laughs> brown hat. Yeah, no, this book about the economy of China is so much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Oh, hey, did you ever hear, and, and I only vaguely know this, and I'm not expecting you guys to know this, but there are rumors that a lot of cocaine sold in uh, South America is because of when the Nazis moved to uh, Argentina and stuff, mm-hmm. and the Nazis actually brought it because a lot mm-hmm. of Nazis were on coke. Right, blame it on white. It's just yeah, it's blame just blame the so problem on white. Hey, once but if again. it's white, if it's you know, if it's Nazi whitey, that is fun. Yeah. It is fun to blame it all on the Nazis. Yeah, they brought coke to South America. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, it that's was, hilarious. I mean, it, it was already growing there. But there was, like, Klaus Barbie was a notorious Nazi. who was, like, used by the CIA and stuff. And in Bolivia, they, was, know. they had what was called the cocaine coup, which is where a bunch of drug, drug traffickers working with Klaus Barbie overthrew the government of Bolivia. And then they were overthrown in short order. But for a little bit there, it was like they had a narco government in Bolivia. Wow. That mm. the CIA worked with, for with the, the help record. of a Nazi. Yeah, with Coke the help man. of a Nazi. Yes, a Coke Nazi. Coke Nazi. Yeah. But, you know, in summary, like, the Maoists are basically right about us, about Americans, about Europeans. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people in our generation tried to change the world. And a lot of people are still trying to change the world. But I think in the back of our minds, Americans and Europeans, we kind of know if we fail, we're still here. Yeah. We're in America. We're in Europe. This is like as the planet warms, this is where everybody's going to try to get to. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pay the worst consequences of our failure. If we can't dismantle the American empire, which I would very much like to, not going to affect me that much. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a retreat into nihilism, which I'm personally trying to avoid, and I don't advocate drugs. I think drugs are tools the ruling class uses to control us. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's something that I can't help but noticing living in New York there's more drug addicts on the street than I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, I hang out places. I see a lot more Coke, a lot more Cat, people drinking a lot more. And I think there is some sort of spiritual or larger reason why people are doing it. And perhaps our generation has a sense that we failed. Yeah. I Amen. almost ran a woman over in the truck today. I, I was driving down Flatbush Avenue, which is like a you know very busy street in Brooklyn. And this lady starts walking into the street and... Uh, she looked like a fucking like zo- literally looked like a zombie. Sonked like, out. yeah, but like no flesh on her face. Like, wait, <laughs> wait, whoa, 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 what? Like, that's no, an actual zombie, like, my no, brother. Uh, yeah, like like wrinkled, like, wrinkled skin. Like she was like yeah. rail thin, wrinkled skin, and she starts walking by, and, and I'm like, surely she's not gonna walk in front of the truck. And she starts yeah. walking in front of the truck. She got really close to the truck, and I kind of swerved out of the way, almost hit a guy behind me. I hope she's okay though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot more zonked out people uh, in these streets, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? We're gonna if you g- want one of them to be excited to talk to you, just deal cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no excuse to be an incel, okay? That woman that almost got hit by my truck. There's yeah, she's single. I'm sure she's for single. Sure. I'm sure she's single, no kids, you know. Anyway... I'll do you cocaine eventually. Yeah. I don't advocate this. No? This is all just an observation. Cocaine's very addictive. It destroys lives. Not even like four or five times? Well, I mean, you should probably try everything once, yeah? Yeah, right. Or like for a month. What if, you know, what you if the one time you do it, you just hit the fentanyl? <laughs> oh, I mean, that would happen <laughs> Just to me. fucking snake so eyes. Fucking pissed yeah. and dead, dude. Yeah. I'd be so mad and dead. Yeah. Oh, oh. I, with, you die like immediately, right? Very fast, yeah. I mean, well, you stop, you go into, you have an overdose, and then you can get hit with Narcan. Yeah. But if you don't get Narcan, you die very fast. How quick do you need the Narcan? Oh, I don't know, actually. I yeah. should have looked this up. Yeah. Oh, also, right, we'll you go to out. festivals, they, like, give out, um, 
I don't want to say it's Narcan, but I think it might be. They give out shit to like reverse overdoses and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Narcan. That is Narcan, right? I, th- yeah. I don't know. For opiate. Yeah, they hand it out like, Narcan. hey, you're partying this weekend. You you got an all out. You got you're here till Sunday. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, take grab one of these, dude. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. Hey, yeah. are you a coke whore? Would you like some <laughs> Narcan? <laughs> you guys look like coke whores. Would you like some Narcan? <laughs> hey, are you a sex addict? <laughs> Here's a um, here's a cantaloupe. Sanded <laughs> out cantaloupes. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Fuck that, so you don't get an STD. But you know, cocaine to me was always like, gotta get the script done, not have to be inspired while writing a script. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Am okay. I right or wrong? And that's no, why I right. never wanted to do that. One, because I'm afraid of getting something done. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. Um, but two, because you know, right. Yeah. Cocaine's scary. It's yeah. how all the best Oliver Stone movies got written. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting, getting to the next level is actually terrifying, and that's why we haven't. <laughs> yeah, that's why we yet. don't do coke. Yeah, making making two thousand dollars a month <laughs> is terrifying. I would to die us. of a drug overdose <laughs> if I made two thousand dollars. There would be a hooker sitting here ruining the show. Yeah, I would just eat my fat ass to death. <laughs> Anyway, find out what I would eat over on Patreon, guys. If I had $2,000 a month, find out what foods I would eat if they killed me. We're going to continue this conversation along with uh, some other stuff. We will see you on the next episode. Wait, patreon.com slash smokes. Patreon.com slash smokes. Join the community, everybody, huh? Do you not have friends? $5 a month gets you friends, people that are required to reply to your comments. <laughs> we reply to your comments sometimes, do. too. I, I do want to... I do want to address uh, some of the criticism that I got on the barbecue episode. <laughs> you got criticism? Uh, yeah, I think the the guy the guy made a good point, but uh, okay. he was like, well, "Italians don't know how to cook because the they fry <laughs> chicken cutlets." Yeah, well, I'll, well, yeah, we'll see you over on Patreon. <laughs> I got something to say to you over on Patreon, buddy. All right, bye bye. <laughs>